the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, very excited what we've got on tap is a chance for us to discuss many teams and specifically the teams that we put our names on the line for heading into the season. The teams that we decided we wanted in our house that's right. We're going to go back and look at the Cover 3 Fantasy Draft. Uh, many of the viewers and listeners have done something similar themselves. You all enjoyed it. It actually came from a, a Cover 3 mailbag episode. So we are uh, excited to be able to go back, see uh, what draft picks we like, which ones were complete misses, uh, update you on the standings between the four of us, and Bud's even got some uh, projections uh, based on the models in terms of the way things are going to go. Uh, we got everybody on board. DK, it's been a minute. I know that you were traveling. Uh, how did the uh, how did the weekend go? And uh, and and how are we feeling as we're staring down week six? Feeling great. It's uh, it's October's here. Sleep is at a premium. You know, late nights doing studio work, late nights covering Sunday night football. The Tom Brady returned to New England. It was pretty cool to be there, though. Travel days, like travel delays, are always fun. Had some of those getting back, but. Now that I'm back, feels great. Good to be back with you guys. Missed you on Monday. Uh, I Can I start off a little proposal? I'm going to see if I can have any takers on this one because I've had a couple in some other avenues that I work on, the radio show with my guy Dusty Dvorak. He has taken me up on this bet. So I'm sure you guys have seen some of my tweets, which I'm glad that we get to talk about it because I think tweets can be taken out of context. Sometimes maybe they're just exactly what they are, and fans don't like to hear that, oh my goodness, maybe their team isn't the greatest of all time. So I'm getting a little bit uncomfortable, not totally, because I can understand why this thought process would get would would come into your mind, that Alabama and Georgia have separated themselves from the field. They are at another level, and I can understand why we would think that. Undefeated, Pedigree, talent, all of that. But I get a little uncomfortable after just five games that we're already christening these two as the elites of college football. Um, so I, you know, presented some stats about Georgia's, the team, their defense is, you know, the best since the 85 Bears. Like we're hearing all this great, you know, the great stuff about this defense. And they're awesome. There's nothing that would tell you otherwise. My only pushback would be some of the competition that they played has not been elite. Um, you know, the quarterbacks that they have faced, not exactly a list of, you know, top NFL talent that's going to be coming out of this draft. So 
Here's the bet I have proposed for you. And I know Bud, he's following, he's seen some of this conversation. So he's like, oh, do you want Bam and Georgia versus the field? No. Because I think there's a I think there's a chance like one of the national the national champion might come from these two. My my offer to you guys, if I can get any takers, I don't think Bama and Georgia are 12 and 0 when they play in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. So that's the offer. No. You wouldn't take it. No. So they're both that, 12 and 0? What's that? that? Like, wait, straight up that they're both 12 and 0? Yep. What kind of odds are you giving me on this? <laughs> well, see, that's why I work with a nose tackle on my radio show. He just doesn't ask for odds. <laughs> and now I'm, dealing with, now I'm dealing with our guy, Bud Elliott. He's really into the numbers. What kind of odds do I get? We didn't take it that far. I just think they're gettable. Right, I mean, we Wait, saw. Did Dusty it. take it that they both go undefeated? With oh, no yeah, he's sucker. We back and forth. I suckered him right oh, into there. I think it. it's an, I think it's an outstanding bet for me because I don't have to pick when it happens. We've seen Alabama go to Gainesville and be this close to getting beat. We haven't seen Georgia really tested yet. I mean, they do still have to do play Florida. They have to go to Auburn this weekend. Like, there's still some tests kind of on their schedule, and it's college football. Like we've seen this wildness happened before and it wasn't that long ago about five weeks ago that we were like huh it's ohio state it's clemson it's bama and georgia they're in their own category we've seen two of them get knocked off you know like it's already kind of starting oklahoma looks vulnerable we had them in a category all by themselves so i just think the the narrative of oh these two teams have separated is a we're a little bit ahead of ourselves I think there's this I think there's a second part of it where I do think they have separated, but I think there's other teams that can get there. Mm-hmm. I like to look at college football in the season a little bit with that race mentality where um, yes, there are there is some distance between Alabama and Georgia and the next best teams in the country. However, if we see CJ Stroud continue to get comfortable, this Ohio State team could be on the level of an Alabama or Georgia by the time we get to the college football playoff. The same could be said for a team like Oklahoma. The same could be said for maybe even a, a Penn State. Like I don't think they're going to get to Alabama or Georgia levels, but I think that this gap that we see so far through five weeks is just almost Alabama and Georgia being ahead of schedule because you mentioned the quarterbacks that they face. They haven't faced a lot of NFL quarterbacks. Has there been good quarterback play in college football this year? Period? The best one they'd face is on Alabama. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, because if you look at the rest of Georgia's schedule, like to this point, they've played Clemson, UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. Agreed. Not exactly a murderer. So a quarterback's DJ is the best one they've played. And while that was DJ's worst game of the year by far, it's not like he's been playing extremely well since. Uh, but like Auburn this week, I don't know. Can Bo Nix do that two weeks in a row? Maybe. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it against Georgia. And then it's Kentucky. Not really worried about the QB situation there. Florida, Emory Jones. If they could make him one-dimensional, I'm not really worried about the quarterback situation there. Connor Bazelak, I mean, like, Tennessee, Charleston Southern, Georgia Tech, like, looking at this situation, what's the passing attack there that you're actually scared of? None. And that's kind of my, like, that's where I think of all of this, I think it's to their, like, I used to get, it's so funny because Bama fans, about six or seven years ago, hated me, despised me. And, you know, I'd give him a hard time on Twitter. I'd tweet out some stats similar to – I mean, it's almost identical to what is happening with Georgia right now because Bama, I thought, was vulnerable because they were too one-dimensional. They had great defenses, 
and their offenses were old school. They you know they would have game manager at quarterback, and I'd give them. A, you know what? They 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 face a good offense who can put up points. They could be in trouble. Sure enough, it would happen. Clemson knocks them off. Ole Miss knocked them off once, you know, twice. And I look at Georgia, and I they could win the national championship. They could go undefeated, but I'm a firm believer that at some point they're going to have to get something on the offensive side of the football that is not 56 rush attempts. Like, you can't do that against everybody. Maybe in the regular season you can, but you can't do that again at SEC championship game. I don't think you can do it however you face in the playoff. And if you want to win a national championship, like that to me is the bar that Georgia should be held to. And I know we've heard about Todd Munkin and we've seen JT Daniels throw for 300 yards, so there's more excitement. But... I think their offense could be a problem still that could hold them back from achieving their ultimate goal, which is a national championship. And when I say that, Georgia fans are like, oh, you're, you know, you just hate the SEC, you just hate the dogs, you're just picking on us. That's my only point in all of this. The defense is awesome. They haven't really been tested. When somebody puts up some points, can they go on the other side, flip it around, and put up points with them? And that to me is a massive question mark for Georgia. This is kind of the same argument that we had on Monday, right? What, what when we debated who is a better team, and I said I think right now Alabama is the better team because I, I do trust them to score points. Um, in a, against a really tough defense, do I score trust Georgia to score points with this iteration of Georgia's offense with who is healthy right now? No, we saw it against Clemson, right? They, they did not score an offensive touchdown. I do think Georgia's ceiling is higher than Alabama's if Daniels and his receivers get back and healthy because clearly like, I think their defense is better. Bama's defense is not going to get to Georgia's defensive level. I think the biggest room for improvement could come from Georgia's offense. But like Danny, I, I again, I, I would take your side in this, right? Even though I do think the most likely record for both teams is 12-0, I don't have that as more likely you know, as, as like a parlay situation. You, know, you see what I'm saying here? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I would want odds if I was going to take take them to both going. Well, yeah, you're you're smart. You're into the analytics. You're in the numbers. Of course, you're not going to take that. You, yeah, you. This to me, thing. this to me is one of those. And I have another. We haven't announced yet. Prominent SEC network analyst, radio host that wants in on this. This to me is you get, and this is what I'm kind of good at. Maybe and might make you hate me. Like you get get them a little riled up, get them a little emotional, and they're like, "Yeah, they're the best. They can. They're gonna do it." I'm like, "All right, prove it. Like, let's go. Like, show it in a bet that I think absolutely favors my side of it." So, can I ask you guys one other thing about sure. Georgia and JT Daniels? When you hear Kirby Smart say uh, about JT Daniels that there are a couple things that he's looking at, he says one, it's about rest, it's about recovery, time to heal, and he says pain tolerance. Like when I hear that, I I'm just being honest with you, and I am not saying this, but to me, I think every player in that locker room hears, "Oh, he's got to play." Like when you hear pain tolerance, the messaging is, "Are you going to suck it up and go?" Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's happened. I don't know the seriousness of an. But we've had multiple issues. Oblique where he missed a game, UAB, and we saw the the warmups when he's twinging, and you see the grimace on his face, and he doesn't play against Arkansas. Now he's doing soft toss in practice. I just think that's a story to keep an eye on. Like, how serious is this? And at some point, I know you don't need him. Stetson Bennett can hand off and throw for 72 yards and beat everybody. (laughs) At some point, they're going to need a quarterback to step up. When I hear a coach saying that pain tolerance is a part of it, man, that puts a lot of pressure on JT Daniels, in my mind, in that locker room, because there are a lot of guys that play through a lot of pain 
you know, every single week. You know, go ask your defensive linemen, your linebackers. They're never 100%. That, to me, was a kind of, oh, I, I was surprised that he said that because I think that kind of puts the ball in JT Daniels' court saying, we've given you rest now. If it's pain tolerance, like, it's your decision. And that puts a credible amount of pressure on a young uh, young quarterback. So, if you, obviously, like, Dan, I know you played baseball. I think, Tom, you did, you did as well. Um this, if you guys watch baseball or follow it, this this reminds me a lot of like the pitcher injury situation. We see guys try to rush back from lats and obliques too quickly, and then they end up having to go on like the sixty day disabled list. If I'm Georgia, I'm playing this thing as safely as possible, right? I like I've already seen that you can beat most teams with Stetson Bennett. I I want JJ Daniels healthy for Florida in case Dan Mullen gets Florida dunking on my defense again like they did last year. That that's the game I need him back by. I don't care if he plays the next couple of weeks. And that's my other response to the 12-0, 12-0 bet is the quarterback depth for both schools. Yes, 100%. If mm-hmm. you twisted ankle, you know, some freak injury, and all of a sudden, what, we're talking about the mailman is your new QB1 that mm-hmm. you have to rely on for everything. So um, that's it's a, it's a very interesting – I do wonder if also quarterback depth is in the back of Nick Saban and Bill O'Brien's mind as they just decide to go murder ball with Brian Robinson – Tell you what, if we don't need to really test Bryce Young, let's let's keep let's keep everything uh, let's keep everything in front of us. Uh, okay, we will start with a full review of uh, the draft as it went. For those of you watching on YouTube.com/slash Covered Three, you can see this. Uh, for those listening to the audio product, I will run it through. Let's go uh, first of all team by team, and then we can start picking apart some of the picks, especially the order and the rounds in which they came. Okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, Chip's team, Clemson uh, in the first round. With the first pick of the draft. Yep. Clemson, Wisconsin in the second round. Oh, Coastal Carolina in the third. LSU in the fourth. Uh, Penn State in the fifth. Utah in the sixth. TCU in the seventh. Ball State, woof, in the eighth. Uh, Ole Miss in the ninth. SMU in the 10th round, and I believe the way this snaked SMU was the final pick of the draft. It was. I also think we should remind the listeners that we had to each draft one team from each Power 5 conference, and then there was uh, three teams from G5, and then a couple flex spots. Right. Yeah. So it was for the 10 rounds, you had to have each of the Power 5 conferences represented, and three... Was it three group three, of five? Three G5s and then two flexes. And two flexes. Okay, so there was a, there was some game. And go back and listen to it. I think it was, A, it's going to be hilarious for all the opinions that are wrong, and it's going to be awesome for all the opinions that were right, but also a little bit of fun draft game theory for those of you who are into such things. But first round, Oklahoma. Second round, Oregon. Third round, App State. Hoo-wee! Toledo in the fourth. Notre Dame in the fifth. Iowa in the sixth. Texas A&M in the seventh, Marshall in the eighth, Nevada in the ninth, and NC State in the tenth. Danny got Ohio State in the first, Georgia in the second, Louisiana in the third, Miami in the fourth, Arizona State in the fifth, Texas in the sixth, Liberty in the seventh, Washington in the eighth, UTSA in the ninth, and Indiana. You got a ride for Tom Allen. You just forever. Uh, Tom, Alabama in the first, which you got as the fourth pick uh Cincinnati in the second North Carolina in the third UCF in the fourth Iowa State in the fifth Boise State in the sixth USC in the seventh 
Florida in the eighth, San Jose State in the ninth, and Michigan, wow, in the 10th round. Pull up these standings. Uh, currently, 59 points for Bud as he has 36 wins and 23 against the spread covers. 59 points for Danny, uh, same 36 wins, 23 against the spread covers. Tom, two points off the pace with one more cover and three less wins. And uh, as you might guess, when Clemson and Wisconsin and LSU are among your top five picks, uh, Chip is currently sitting 11 points off the pace with 31 wins and 17 against the spread covers. Long way to go, Chip. Long way to go. Hard to cover spreads when you've got teams that are not meeting preseason expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very simply uh, put there. So uh, let's go first with um, the the picks that we think are are good value picks, and I think that let's let's open up the whole board so we can um, choose each other's picks, get a chance to break into some of these teams, and and maybe let whoever drafted them start it with a uh, with an acknowledgement of of what they thought. So the picks that we think are looking really good right now, what stands out to y'all? I think. Honestly, as far as just straight value goes, I think Danny's UTSA pick in the ninth round because that's a team like like I've got Michigan in the tenth, which is working out well for me now. But I don't think Michigan's winning the Big Ten. I think that you know SMU in the tenth with the last pick is a good pick, but I'm not convinced they're winning the American as long as Cincinnati still exists. But I think UTSA in the ninth round is in a conference where I feel like it's got a very good chance of winning so to get that kind of bonus in the ninth round it's pretty decent value i think so but i also i think for the last pick of the draft to be a top 25 team with a win over tcu already with a quarterback with 24 touchdown passes and tanner mordecai like i don't think that was a game that we had pegged and don't forget the way the american sets up cincinnati's got to beat them twice you know if they they play do they yeah, they play in they November. Do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like that like that could get interesting for Cincinnati who actually needs SMU to be good with UCF kind of falling apart, uh, Indiana falling apart. Like I think that's an important one for them. So I would say the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> might be the fact that we're sitting here talking about it, but I also I thought your Michigan pick is kind of looking really solid right now. That was one of the ones that surprised me that would be let go that long. By the way, I'm pretty sure we'd have to go back and listen that we're like when Chip picked Clemson, we were all like, dang, like he got it. He got the lock, you know, like he got the lock of the century. That's the easiest one. Like just chalk it up. I'm pretty sure we all had that reaction. No, nah, I, I knew Clemson was going to stink. I was trying to tell him the whole time. No, it was, so it was my college, number one pick if Chip passed on it. Yeah. The college football playoff bonus is out the window, mm-hmm. but maybe dude, they're out two losses. I, they're done. I, I think so. But who like, can look, who, who can they beat from this right, point on? To here's what I'm anybody? saying. Like DraftKings is offering a no price on them if you want to bet this, right? They have like they're not only you can bet yes, but you can also bet no. And those odds have not been getting hammered. So right now the implied odds of Clemson making because it are people like people are stupid. <laughs> yeah, but but like pro, like pro groups would, would, would go and, and and bet that, right? Like if they thought it was really zero. And right now the implied odds are like 13%. So like, what do you think the bigger issue is for Clemson? If they go 10 and 2 and win the ACC or can they actually go 10 and 2? 
Like that to me is like they need to make sure they go 10 and 2 to be in the position. I think that's more in doubt than they go 10 and 2 and they win the ACC and we're having the conversation. Because from what we've seen, the issues are real. The injuries are real on the defensive side of the ball. Like that to me is the bigger concern. But I I tried to do this because I've been looking at it too. Like, hey, because I do think with this wild, wide open college football season, even though most of the models still have (laughs) four of those teams that we talked about in the preseason getting the playoff, now with Ohio State kind of back in the mix, Oklahoma looking better, um, that, you know, Clemson, could they do it? I think they'll be a two-loss team in. I think this is the best year more so than ever that we've had the opportunity for a two-loss team to get in. I just think they need to figure things out quickly and start getting style points. And even then, I think it goes against, like just perception, two losses, schedule's not good, ACC's trash. Like all those narratives are strongly working against them. They're not getting to the playoff. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they are either. I'm just saying like who has better playoff odds, them or Oregon? Oregon only has one loss. Clemson's got two. The first okay. two team, if in a four-team playoff, I guarantee you the first two-loss team will be from the SEC and nobody else. Yep. No other conference is getting a two-loss champion in. And if you look at Clemson right now, they've played two teams that are, you know, is NC State ranked right now? Yes. Yeah, so they've played two ranked teams. They lost both those games. None of their wins have been against ranked opponents. Let's look at the rest of their schedule. Syracuse, Pitt, Florida State, Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. Which one of those wins is going to make the committee sit there and say, you know what, this is a playoff team? I've actually been, been trying to think about how could Clemson make the playoff still. And I think it's extremely narrow odds that it happens. I, I would not be betting on it. First of all, I only think there's about a 20% chance that they run the table anyway. Right. <laughs> if even so, that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not great odds, right? And I'm sure some people would say it's, it's closer to like 10 uh, and I, well, I guess it probably is lower than ten. I was just thinking about about you know their twelve regular season games. But if you include the the ACC championship game, it's probably more like what thirteen percent implied if you're at twenty before, um, you know maybe fourteen. So then you also need absolute chaos around. And I was thinking about it like under the surface we have some two thousand seven stuff going on here. We don't have the very top two thousand seven teams like. Bam and Georgia look unbeatable at this point. I know we just talked about that in the last segment. Um, but we could easily have a two or three loss Pac-12 champion. Mm. I actually think the odds that we have a two loss Big 12 champion are a lot better than we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. We could have a one loss Big 10 champion, right? In fact, I think that's probably most the likely, most likely will. scenario. Yeah. Um, but what if we have a two loss Big, Big 10 champion, a two loss Big 12 champion, and a two-loss or three-loss Pac-12 champion. I think the Big 12 champion is going to go over Clemson, but I'm not sure that it will. Right? We'll just get three SEC teams. But Florida messed up. Like I actually thought about that. If Florida had had not screwed around and lost to Kentucky, you actually might have an argument to have three SEC teams in this year. I would but, probably make that argument, but they did. They lost. But if they beat Georgia, who's unbeatable – that might be one of the best wins in the country. Like that is my non-champ is not going to go. That's or, my nightmare scenario, and I don't think Tom's that crazy. I think or, already, the push has already happened. Georgia, Georgia still and has Alabama. To lose again. Georgia and Alabama win out, get to the SEC championship. Ole Miss wins out. Only one loss is Alabama because if you look at the rest of Ole Miss schedule, if they get past Arkansas this weekend, it's Tennessee, 
LSU, which who knows what LSU is going to look like. They just announced that Stingley's going to be out for a while, and I'm guessing that's very much a what am I even going to risk it for? I'm a top five draft. I already had him as an opt out in my power ratings. So yeah, I, I, I was not. I was not planning on him playing the rest of the year. And then you've Auburn. got Auburn on the road. It'll be tough. But then Liberty, A&M, who knows what A&M is going to look like at that point. Vandy, Mississippi State. It's not crazy to think Ole Miss can win out. But it is crazy to think that they're going to have the resume to get there because I don't think they're going to have any ranked teams on their schedule by the end of the year that right. they beat. Mm-hmm. They had this weird SEC thing going. Their, their teams from the East are Tennessee and Vandy, who I don't project to finish the year ranked. It are we going to have – but they'll like also maybe be a, Arkansas, maybe A and M. They'll like, also be an eleven and one SEC team who's only losses to Alabama in this scenario with a three loss Pac twelve champion, a two loss Big Twelve champion, and a two loss Big Ten champion. And they'll a Matt over, Corral. And, yeah, yeah, but they'd get it over Clemson too. I, I I strongly disagree. They would put a third SEC team in with with no ranked wins. I think over over I, conference champions. No way. Look at what they're doing with Florida though. Florida is still in the top twenty five. Now I know this isn't the college football playoff. The committee. But they're still a top twenty-five. Who have they won? Who have they beaten? Nobody. But ah, uh, they played Bama tight. If that they should were count able, for something. But not, the same argument should be made for Clemson. It should because Georgia Florida should have won that game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But if you look at Florida, if here's the scenario, because I don't think it's Ole Miss. I think I think Florida would be the best chance to do it because I think they could beat Georgia. And if they switch quarterbacks, Anthony uh, Richardson, then it's oh, this is a different team than they were the first time around. Anthony Richardson didn't play against Alabama, and they were took him to a two-point conversion. That, to me, is the most dangerous threat to getting three SEC teams. I don't and, think it'll happen. I just don't think the – I mean, like, you're, consp- you're not conspiracy theorists, but don't you think optics, they would not do that, put in three SEC teams? I, I think, think if Florida had not lost to Kentucky, there was actually a legitimate chance because if they had beaten Georgia, you know, then – like if you, I think you could really make an argument like the best three teams in the sport were those three. If Florida beat everybody else down, but they lost to Kentucky and they committed eight false starts and fifteen penalties and and you know they 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 screwed around and lost the game. I I also think the Ole Miss thing is is kind of spurious in that like, do you really think they can run the table? No. What, 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 kind, really of odds think, would, what kind of odds? Do you I really think Clemson's running yeah. the table? Do I really no, think, I think we're going to have three-loss Pac-12 champion? Do I think there's going to be a two-loss Big 12 champion? No. Do I think there's going to be a two-loss Big 10 champion? No. All right. Clemson run the table or Ole Miss run the table? I think Clemson is like exponentially more likely to run the table. I think the problem for Clemson is the number 21, and that is how many players are on the injury list right now. Yeah. I mean, just like projecting them to go the rest of the way when they just lost Will Taylor, who had stepped in as their major punt returner, Brian Brzee, offensive lineman John Williams, safety Landon Zanners, Dietrich Pennington, uh, Brandon Spector, and Daquan Johnson. Those seven are all done for the entire year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will Shipley, who had taken over as a starting running back, is still out for another several weeks. Tyler Davis, as you mentioned, Bud, still out for another several weeks. Uh, We've got injuries that happened this weekend that included some – uh, some Knicks, I think, for like Malcolm Green, Mario Goodrich, Fred Davis, Frank Ladson, EJ Williams, Justin Ross. Like, I just think that the inside the Clemson program, I think they're looking at this as like uh, they're looking at this as an explanation of why expectations are not going to be met. Like, you know what? This is this is tough. You know, this is what we've got to do, and it's not that you're. As a coach, you really are trying to focus on – I do believe this. I'm not just buying the coach speak. You really just try and focus on whatever you can do to get through this from week to week. But the big picture, you understand that this is a shell 
of the team that I selected number one overall. It's not last an excuse for my pick, but yeah, go ahead. All right, uh, last thing I'll miss. They will not beat an SEC team that finishes with nine or more wins in regular season. But okay, great. But if Clemson wins out, who's the ranked team that Clemson beat? You That's can't fair. say Ole Miss is out because they didn't beat a ranked team and then say Clemson would be in with more losses when it hasn't beat a ranked team. Yeah, but, but I, I, their think, I think the bourbon is on the non-champ, right? <laughs> if Clemson wins out, they'll they'll default to they, they, they won a conference title. Not two losses over one, though, and that only losses to another playoff team. As a third SEC team? Yeah, I think so. I don't a, think they second, care. I, disagree. I think they're just going to think of which games will get the biggest ratings. You think so, Ole Miss is going to get a better, ra- bigger rating than, than, than Clemson? Yeah, Clemson's not exactly a huge school. Yeah, but we've already seen Ole Miss get smoked, and we've at, seen at least Clemson, Clemson in the played with. We've Georgia. seen Clemson in the playoff every single year. That's fair. I think I, people would be more interested just because it's a new team. So, all right, show bet. If they both run the table, I will take Clemson. You'll take Ole Miss. Yes. All right. Done. <laughs> Which we will never have to discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This okay. is not going to happen. The thing is null soon. Uh, okay, Bud, you've got Oklahoma and Oregon. Uh, I mentioned it, you know, and Iowa down there in the sixth. If I was to say over under one and a half playoff teams, how many do you think you have on your roster right now? Under. Is that who's who are you targeting uh, out of that Oklahoma, Oregon, Iowa, or maybe you've got a. Uh, no, that, I think that would probably be it. So who? Yeah, who I, I think Oklahoma's also? about about fifty fifty to make it. Um, Oregon's odds are currently about ten to one to make it. So, uh, you know, obviously like, they're going to have a real tough time getting in. Um, yeah, I, I think this is where uh, it's likely going to hurt me. Um, Iowa actually has you know better odds than Oregon to make the playoff right now, and I I, I don't really believe they'll make it in. A um, and M's not going. Notre Dame is. Actually, if Notre Dame ran the table, they would have an argument because of the strength of schedule potentially, but I still don't think it's going to happen. Uh, NC State's not going to go pretty sure, uh, although if they finish as a one-loss conference champion, maybe. With a win over Clemson. Right, yeah. Week um, two, in a week two loss. We, we'll forgive any week two mm-hmm. loss. No doubt. College football playoff. You've got five or six potential conference champions too. That's where I'm if I'm going to take down down Danny and I I I did run the numbers. I think Danny's the favorite to win this whole thing now because I think he's get likely has the national champion and I think he has the greatest chance of well also of, of playoff wins, you know, with Ohio State and, and Georgia. But if I'm going to take down Danny, it's it happens like Oklahoma makes and wins the Big 12, Oregon makes and wins uh the Pac-12, App State makes and potentially wins obviously it's league toledo makes and wins the mac uh iowa is almost a lock to be honest to go to the big 10 championship game so that should be a point there not saying it's a total lock but they're they look pretty good for it (laughs) they are 85 percent likely to win the division yeah exactly so like i'm probably gonna get a point there uh marshall is i I think very Mm -hmm. likely to at least play for uh cusa Right, Tom. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you make of the top of uh, Cusa, where you've got like is UAB reeling, and that makes life better for Marshall because Marshall's been inconsistent. I think I think Marshall's not that great, honestly. I don't think I I think UTSA is the best team in Conference USA. Just to be blunt, but they got to win this weekend, right? They do, but I just think that over like Marshall's, like you said, Chip, it's too inconsistent. I don't think it's great. 
I don't think, I mean, I haven't seen enough of FAU to really have an opinion of it, but weird team. They've got yeah. a couple of data points that I, I need more, a larger sample size before I can look at your trip to Fort Collins and feel like that game was, uh, was a reliable of who you are uh, and, in conference play. And I do think that in conference play, UAB is still a very legitimate threat. It's just, I do work like that. Liberty game was kind of like a, Oh, cause I, I think Liberty's good. But I don't feel like Liberty should have been that much better than UAB, and they looked a lot better than UAB in that game. I think that the whole community just uh, over-celebrated the, uh, mm. the opening of the new stadium. I mean, did you see the cameras caught that one fan that was just like asleep in the new, brand new, luxurious chairs? They spent you all can't this make money. chairs too comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made them so cushy and welcoming, and they'd probably been tailgating all day. Like, you sit down, and you're like, ah. You need you need just hard backed bleachers to make people like sit up and be uncomfortable and awake. You can't be having anybody getting like on their couch being just like, yeah, hey, whatever happens, it's all good. I want the Memorial Stadium in Bloomington, Indiana, Memorial Stadium, where the benches break off and then we yeah. just start passing them around the student yeah. section. You um, know what's fascinating to me? It's it's one of Bud's teams that he's got here is Oregon. Like they're the models. They, they're, you know, Bud mentioned like when he had when Bud asked Tom about Clemson, who who do you think has better odds of making it? Most models have Clemson as a higher, you know, a uh, better chance to Oregon's make. Oregon's not the that good. Remember how much crap I got on Twitter Ooh. for saying I thought Oregon would lose two or three more games after they beat Ohio State? Yeah, and how much, and like like remember that guy that that like the the huge hater, you know, and and like we had all these guys on Twitter saying they're not that good. Hmm. Their offense can't throw when they need to throw. When, if you get Oregon in third and seven, they are dead ducks. Uh, ooh, Unintended. <laughs> Intended, for sure. Look, yeah, looking yeah. at the rest of their schedule, though. I, yeah, but you can't really take anything because, I mean, Stanford was a game you would have said, oh, they can I don't, win that one, you know? I don't I think, think Oregon's Oregon winning better. out. I, I think Oregon played better than Stanford in that game. They'll lose two more games yeah. in the regular season. Yeah, I, Two I don't more? Think, yes. They, I, I think they're nine and three or worse. I don't think Oregon's going to win out, but if it's eleven and one with a road win or twelve They're and in. one, and it, with a road win over Ohio State, it is in, no doubt. Right? Is there a the, reason to trust them in their road games at UCLA, at Washington, at Utah? No, like, but if they can win in Columbus, I think they can win in the atmosphere that will be the Rose Bowl. <laughs> this is one of the most polar because also it's the same team that Fresno State was up three on them in the second half. Like that's. This team, to me, is what are you going to get? Clearly, I'm more with Tom of the bullish aspect of Oregon could still make it, kind of holding out hope. And Bud's on the – because my other kind of issue was with the quarterback. And my big thing on Oregon was if they go with Ty Thompson, go with the future, they'll have more of an upside, maybe have some of those bumps along the way. Because I agree with, with, uh, with Bud. From what we've seen out of Anthony Brown, it's kind of what I thought we were going to get, which was – you know, leadership, uh, good mo- mobility, mm-hmm. but not the best passer, and you have to be able to throw the football. So that, to me, probably... 6.1 completion percentage. Yeah, it's not... So my it's thing terrible. with Oregon, it's kind of like the Clemson, like what's a greater probability that they get into the playoff if they're 11 or 11 and 1 and they win the Pac-12? That's a lock to me. The much bigger doubt is who do they actually go in 11-1? I wouldn't say they lose a couple more. I think there's one more slip-up in there for sure. 
I will say we're going to spend all this time right now, like we are now for the rest of the season, talking about how crazy this season has been and how there's so many things that are possible. And then the playoff will end up being Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. With yep. Alabama and Ohio State playing for the national championship. That's yep. what all the models have, too. Getting yep. that number one seed is going to be extremely important oh, because yes. the number four team it's will probably lose. be like a 17 to 20 point dog. Coming up on the other side, Bud mentioned that uh, there could be the national champion on Danny's fantasy team. We take a look at that and the defending champs. And I had forgotten until we uh, prepared for this show that Tom is linked intimately to the one team he said can never (laughs) taste from the cup. We'll get into that and more next The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So we'll bring it up for everyone watching on youtube.com slash cover three. Danny, again, just right off the top, first pick Ohio State, second pick Georgia. Uh, I would say that your Louisiana and Miami teams are not totally out of their respective conference races, though both have had uh, some signs of of maybe not living up to the best case scenario, Arizona State, Texas. Um, Danny, how are you feeling about, uh, about your squad? I feel pretty solid. I mean, I feel like, I mean, clearly in the, you know, tie for the lead here with Bud and with Ohio, I I think what's interesting, like if you could only take one, would you rather Ohio State or Georgia? Clearly I would take Georgia to get there. But as far as a national champion pick, I don't know. I think Ohio State is getting more complete than what we've seen from Georgia. They had some uh, defensive issues early. They switched up some of the defensive play calling. They've been working in some more uh, schemes. But... Like the road to get there. That division, maybe, I mean, it's the toughest division in football right now, in college football, uh, where big uh, Ohio State resides. They still have several good, good tests, including, you know, Penn State's looking better. Michigan's looking better. So, I don't know. I feel real good about both of them going on and making the playoffs. I think Georgia gets the mulligan from, they're in the SEC. They could run the table, lose to Alabama. They're still in. 
Ohio State, maybe I'm a little bit more worried about getting there, but I feel really good about two teams making the playoff. Do you think that you've got a Pac-12 champion potential with Arizona yeah. State? And because like Arizona State and Texas both seem to occupy that same space where it's not the first team that anyone's mentioning for the conference championship, but it better be the second or third team based on everything we've seen so far. And with Arizona State, the loss to BYU doesn't, doesn't look as bad. And that I was yeah. I wanted to give BYU some credit because of all the value plays here had, maybe the biggest miss we all had and we're in most doubt of, is BYU. And I think BYU is a team to keep an eye on because their resume, I think, stacks up really well against Cincinnati's. It stacks up well against Notre Dame's. Like some of the other, you know, non-traditional Power 5 conference members, BYU's kind of good. You know, they've already got three wins over Pac-12 teams. They play Baylor still. They play Virginia still. They play USC still. They can build on that resume so I think that was going to be my one miss there uh, from all of us that, you know, if you could swap out a pick maybe late, you would take it. Um, but yeah, for Texas, we're going to find out a whole lot more about Texas. They're only a three, three and a half point um, dog this weekend against Oklahoma. So we'll find out a lot more about them this weekend. I would trade out San Jose State for BYU in a heartbeat <laughs> so right I would, now. I, would, I would advise that trade. <laughs> I, you know, you mentioned the Big Ten East. I just want to give a quick shout out to the Big Ten for, I don't know if they could have seen foreseen Michigan State doing what it's doing, but smart move by them the way that they set up the conference schedule. Because... Wow. None of those teams face each other before the end of October. So you just get to build up all this goodwill, all these high rankings, because mm -hmm. once you get highly ranked, because if you lose to another highly ranked team, you don't fall too far. Exactly. Yeah. And if if Ohio State doesn't lose that Oregon game, like they probably saw an ideal scenario where they get to the middle end of October, which is when what starts coming out? Oh, the playoff, playoff rankings. Oh, that's right. And then they've got like an 8-0 Michigan, an 8-0 Ohio State, and an 8-0 Penn State all sitting in the top five for sure. I'm just – just, I think it was a smart move by the Big Ten that's actually working out well for them because I do agree that it has been the toughest division in football. I don't know if it is actually the toughest division, but it's certainly got the most top 12 teams right now, doesn't it? Do you think that they learned from the year that the SEC had three of the top four in the very first rankings and they got on television and they even had the audacity to put the bracket on the screen I, and just throw up Ole Miss, Mississippi State, <laughs> Alabama, and I forgot who was the fourth that year. I think conferences are noticing things and learning from things when it comes to scheduling conference games. That might have been the beginning of the end for me at ESPN because I started calling it out like, wait a second. This is a little ridiculous that we're propping up Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Has anybody looked at who they played? And, uh, yeah, it wasn't received well. That was, uh, that was ridiculous. Mississippi State fans still celebrate that. Like, if you say something on Twitter about Mississippi State, they're like, hey, we were ranked top 14 or number one team in week six of the 2014 season. <laughs> First one ever. Like, did, yep. did you get your trophy for that? Like, that's pretty cool. But, like, come on, man. I love uh, that show. Yeah. A uh, little, little bias here, but do you do you ever ask Mississippi State teams how that season ended? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it ended losing to Paul Johnson yep. in a bowl game. That bowl season was, that was a close? disaster. Or that was, wrecked? again, beginning of the end because I was celebrating a little too much maybe that bowl season. But they didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Didn't want to be that, that was pre that was pre ACC network, right? Yeah. Yes. But they did have SEC network. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So you're 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 kind of 
you know, I mean, granted, CBS is poking the wrong bear. I like to poke the bear. You just can't poke the wrong bear. And when you send out a tweet, (laughs) you remember the departed? Yeah. When you send out, you know, know the line in the bar, Danny, the, uh, Hey, that's, that's not a guy you can't, you can't hit, but it's close. Yeah. (laughs) Then the the nail in the coffin, the nail in the coffin was, was the tweet that said, here's the SEC programming schedule for tomorrow. And it was the bars. Just that was it because they weren't going to have a team in. Yeah, that, that one. And it happened to like all of a sudden it starts getting like a zillion likes. And I'm getting called into the to the office, into the principal's office. Oh, there were people that wanted me suspended for a tweet that was funny. Yeah, I was going to say, like, did you just sit back? Like, but it was funny, right? Yes. Like, that's all like all of this. Like, I talk trash on Twitter. Like, we like to have fun. Like. How come all these people can have fun and like, you know, poke and prod and you, there's snark on Twitter and, you know, just can't not about them. You can't do it about them when you work for for them. So. ECO group chat only, man. There's certain stuff you just can't put out there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know. That's facts. Yeah. Uh, all right, Tom, you've got Alabama, Cincinnati, as I alluded to, uh, North Carolina, UCF. A little bit of value uh, later, I guess, uh, because you've got the Florida and you've got Michigan. Not, I don't know what my expectations are for USC the rest of the way. Uh, Colorado is certainly not going to reveal (laughs) anything about uh, a team, though maybe it should have told us what Texas A&M was going to be like with its backup quarterback. Uh, Tom, how do where where are your uh, thoughts on your squad as we uh, as we head into the middle portion of the season? Uh, well. I remember the toughest decision I had was in that very first round in that I, I knew I was going to take Alabama when they fell to me at four, but I didn't, I was stuck between Georgia and Cincinnati. And the thought process was, I think Georgia's got a better shot of making the playoff. It's just, do I want to start my draft with two SEC teams and then kind of find myself behind the eight ball when it comes back to me again for the next go around as far as what's left in the group of five or what's left in the other power five schools. So I figured I had to get, a group of five team that was likely to win its conference, even if I didn't, again, I don't, it's not going to the playoffs. So I had to take that away from it. So I took Cincinnati, not disappointed with the pick, obviously, because they could very easily go undefeated at this point. But man, I kind of wish I'd taken Georgia. Just go ahead and just lock it up, especially now that we're looking at a scenario where Alabama and Georgia are also in the college football playoff together and you get all of those bonus points. I mean, I think Alabama and Georgia are in the playoff. What will what will it take for you, Tom Fornelli, to maybe have a change of heart and say that maybe the group of five actually gets a team in because we've seen a wild start like how many how crazy that's get because a lot of these models are putting 30 percent chance for cincinnati to make the playoff are you gonna are you gonna falter a little bit and say maybe there's a sliver of hope or is the door still completely shut when they expand to eight and give the group of five an automatic berth i will say that a group of five team will get in the puff because here's the thing and i'm not going to go on a long rant about it but like but you were talking about with like the odds like are you going to go bet the no on this because i know they have DraftKings in in illinois right yeah, I'm just, but when it comes to like odds of making the playoffs, what do the odds, what are the odds based on? Because it's literally just 12 people sitting in a room. There aren't any numbers. There aren't any requirements that need to be met. So when you hear like this team's got a 25% chance to go to the playoff, based off what? There's no math to use. So no, Cincinnati, you could say they've got a 30% chance of making the playoff. No, they've got a 0% chance because they play in the wrong conference. That's it. 
They don't play for one of the conferences that help put this thing together. They don't play for one of the conferences that has the television contracts with the network that puts the thing out there and picks the games and broadcasts the shows. They don't have it. They can go undefeated. They won't make it. There is an emperor with no clothes scenario here, I think, that we discussed earlier. And it's kind of similar to the one with Clemson. Like, if the Big Ten champ has two losses and the Pac-12 champ has three losses and the Big 12 champ has two losses and Cincinnati's sitting there undefeated and Notre Dame has finished like 10-2 and two, and maybe Indiana doesn't completely tailspin and actually makes a bowl, uh, you know, an SMU could, like is a solid matchup for them, at least in one of the... There is a certain point to where I think I don't know if you use the word antitrust here, but like I think there is a there's a scenario. It's a narrow one, uh, but if you're Tom Fernell, I mean minus two eighty for Cincinnati. No, that's twelve hundred bucks to win five hundred. Like that, that's. I, Tom's like, hold on. What, but what if the scenario? <laughs> so Tom, I I I just I am always going to hold out hope for the little guy. If it's ten and two, Clemson ACC champ, and you know, let's say, and that'll be really a re- interesting reveal where Cincinnati is when the first playoff, you know, rankings come out and let's say the four or five spot, everyone else is weeded out and it's Clemson two loss ACC champ with the with the ACC being in the state of affairs. It is. And Cincinnati undefeated. And some of these happen. You still think they would go with Clemson? I think, yes. I think the humans in there would, would be paying attention to the college football world, to the narrative saying we need parity. We need newness. We need new life. We're going to expand. I think they wouldn't hesitate at all to put in Cincinnati. I'm sticking. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. They might. I say zero percent chance, but they might if there's enough public outcry. But how much public outcry would there really be? I think that. So in the very first uh, college football playoff rankings last year, a season where Cincinnati finished as an undefeated conference champion. They did not have the non-conference opportunities against power five opponents like they did this year. They actually kind of played with their food a little bit against army uh, early in the season. I think it was one of their only non-conference games, but in the very first college football playoff rankings, Cincinnati started at seven. I I thought it was going to be lower before I pulled this up right now. And I was like, and that's the reason why the first rankings are so important. And now I'm terrified that they're going to come out at five. And then in the second release, they're going to be at five. And in the next release, they're going to be at five. And the next release, they're going to be at five. And on Selection Sunday, Cincinnati's going to be at five. That's what I'm... However, uh, also, I think that we should take into consideration the human element to this of being the Cincinnati football team and it being really difficult to win all of those regular season games in a row. Like I said, it's very... I like it just because it's interesting because we're, we're now going to look at every single Cincinnati game and we're at least going to have it on a score tracker to be like, so you're going to do it? Just, I'm just going to read the uh, conference affiliations of the Conf- college football playoff selection committee. Not going to name names. I'm just going to say the conferences. SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, Mountain West, Sun Belt, ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12. I don't know where Virginia Union is. Big Ten, Notre Dame. It's in Virginia. No, but I don't know what conference it is. Oh, it's too. I'm pretty sure. Ty Willingham doesn't have any affiliations, but he coached in the Pac-12 and at Notre Dame. You hear a lot of American Athletic Conference or yeah, but these are five representatives in there. These are unbiased, non-political. They cut all ties with all their past history, and they just give neutral, unbiased. They take in the analytics. They watch the game film every week. You know that doesn't give you hope. 
No, I mean, so, you're right. There is, there is absolutely yes. no, there is <laughs> absolutely, there's absolutely no conflict of interest between an athletic director running an athletic department, choosing a thing that will put more money in their conference's athletic budget. There is no conflict of interest there whatsoever. <laughs> no. no. If it's Cincinnati all starts the driven four, snow. okay, I'll say if Cincinnati starts at four in the first playoff rankings, they, they will not start at four. Don't be stupid. Yeah, they won't start them at four. They'll, They'll probably make some ridiculous five. excuse like Notre Dame has a loss now and gloss over the fact that Cincinnati gave Notre Dame the loss. Yes. yes. I mean, well, they do have a loss. <laughs> like, who beat them? I, I, I would like to see it this year. If we're going to talk about it being like a, a chaos year and all these other crazy things, even if they're just going to go and be a – if it was 17 and a half, bud, if it's Cincinnati, it's probably 20 and a half, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And – probably going to lose but i think that it would uh i will say i will say this i've talked to luke fickle twice in the last three weeks i think they have the perfect spokesman for the demeanor like he's not like ucf their fans like let's just be honest they were kind of obnoxious annoying remember danny white's out there and he's tweeting I, I, he gave me some gear like i'm all for it and i think there's a time and a place to be that but Luke Fickle might be like the perfect advocate because he's very measured. He doesn't say things way over the top. He's, you know, he's just, I think he's the perfect spokesman for a team outside to kind of handle all this, say the right things at the right time and just position themselves. So that then like likability, I think absolutely comes into play with some of the personalities that may be voting. So we'll see. Cincinnati, your hopes for the college football playoff rest on People like Luke Fickle. <laughs> that, oh, only in college football. The Man. athletic directors and former coaches and other members of football that are inside that room are going to be like, he's just done such a good job. You know, well, let's, now we. And they play the game the right way for those, for those old yes. coaches. Like, they're yeah. not these wide open spread guys. They play real defense and. We make fun of our playoff, Danny, but let's, let's not ignore what's happening tonight in Major League Baseball when we say that we have the dumbest playoff format. <laughs> yes, this is true. true. Although yeah. very happy the Red Sox beat the Yankees oh. so that uh, my Rays get to play the Red Sox now. Really didn't want any part of the, of the Yankees. I uh, I be if, if we're going to talk baseball, I made an error and an omission uh, an error last week when you asked me uh whether the Durham Bulls how they were doing and the answer is they won. They won their little Triple A league. I thought it was called the Governor's Cup, and I even have like some gear from old Governor's Cup wins, and so I, I totally missed out on that. Congratulations to the Durham Bulls on uh, on your continued success. Uh, my friend and listener Adam Gold reached out uh, for that to say, "Hey, hey, hey, bud, Bulls won Triple A this year, buddy." Almost <laughs> all the Rays teams did. I was extremely like, like we're going to be good for a while. Your mistake wasn't as bad as John Sterling's, the voice of the Yankees, who called the first inning Giancarlo Stanton bomb a Stantonian home run. Oh, wait. He's, why is he on first? What have I done? <laughs> All-time moment for John Sterling. He's one of the best, but that was that was the sign. Like, if you're looking for signs, if you're believing, like, it was not going to be the Yankees' night after that happened. Chip, yeah, please so. do not refer to the International League as their little old AAA league. Okay. <laughs> The International League is home to the Charlotte Knights. Literally. Triple A affiliate of the Chicago White Sox. Who will win the World Series this year? Mm, that well, starts tomorrow? Thursday. Thursday. It's, no, it's no Atlantic League, home of the Newark Bears, of which I was a member in 2001. <laughs> For how long? 
one year. Played minor league baseball for one year. It was a what? blast. My first, my first game, I I was playing first base, and I faced Mitch Williams, the Wild Thing, from uh, the Phillies lore, who gave up the home run to Joe Carter. Mm-hmm. He was a closer in Major League Baseball for the Atlantic City Surf, who was where he was for at the time. I was on the Newark Bears. He was. Pitching coach slash first base coach, fast fourth arm in the rotation. And that happened to be my night when I got to face him. It was great. I had so much fun playing minor league baseball. It was a blast. That's awesome. Uh, So we will uh, spend the next maybe hour or so looking up Newark Bears stats as we we prepare for the Locks pod. A reminder that uh, the Locks pod will be live and you can join the taping of that show. YouTube.com slash cover three. And look, there's something that you can do that makes it very easy when it comes to these live shows. You can subscribe on YouTube and then mash that bell. Let it ring! And then you will get a notification every single time that we go live. So if you never want to miss a live show, subscribe uh, youtube.com slash cover3 and turn on the notification so that you know, uh, you know whether it is the Sunday with Bud trying to get ahead of the lines and giving you that uh, closing line value, whether it's Monday afternoon for a pun for the review, the Tuesday lunchtime hangout, uh, Thursday live locks, and of course, Saturday night for our instant reaction shows. Subscribe at youtube.com slash cover three and hit that bell for the notification every single time we go live. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.